0: You're listening to The Thriving Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Sanchez, and this is episode 175, three lessons to unlearn from school. Did you know your nursing dream job is out there? But it's not something you find. It's something you create, and I can show you how. I'm Abby Sanchez, and I'm a life coach for nurses. Using my experience at the bedside, along with my psychology degree, I help nurses build confidence, manage overwhelm, and fall in love, or back in love, with being a nurse. So come along with me, and I'll help you create the career and life you crave. You ready? Let's go. Do any of you fellow night shifters ever forget what day it is? (laughs) That happened to me today. I worked the past couple nights, and today I slept in, woke up at like six o'clock when my family was having dinner, and then after we put the kids to bed, I was talking about recording the podcast episode tomorrow, and my husband was like, you know it's Wednesday today, right? And he like held up his phone to show me the day's date, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's Wednesday! So I'm recording this podcast episode Wednesday night, and we'll see if I can get it out to you tonight. I think I can. My, my goal is to get it out to you tonight, not just so that the podcast is on time when you guys normally expect it on Wednesday, but also as a last little reminder for you that tomorrow I'm hosting the info party for Relationship Revival. And I know you guys, if you're like me, need as many reminders as you can get, because obviously I don't even know the day of the week. So <laughs> so if you were planning to come to the info party and you haven't grabbed your spot for it yet, make sure you go sign up for it because it's happening in the afternoon. So if you hear this podcast episode Thursday morning, you might not have missed it yet. And you might be able to grab your free spot for it and register and be able to come to the info party with us where we're going to be talking about how you can take your relationship from good to amazing. I know you have so much love for your partner. That's not the question here. I know that You love your partner, you care about them, you want the best for them, and there are so many strengths in your relationship. So many things that you're doing well and you're enjoying with your partner and you're already creating amazing memories with them. But love isn't enough to create a thriving relationship or to make your relationship the best that it can be. Love is an amazing foundation for our relationships, but if we really want to take it to the next level and have a relationship filled with adoration and gratitude and passion, then we need more than just love. Because think about it. You've probably loved many people in your life, maybe even past boyfriends or other past relationships you've had. You might have loved that person. But love wasn't enough to create a life together and to work through all those things that come up when your lives are really intertwined. When we put our lives together with somebody else, then we have all these different things like being able to manage our time, being able to manage our needs, being able to prioritize things and understand what our partner needs and wants. And maybe you have children together and you're trying to figure out how to raise your kids together, or you have different ideas about how often you should be having sex, or you have different ideas about how you should spend your money or what you want to do on vacation and all of these different things over the course of a relationship. And, and many of these relationships I'm talking about with relationship revival are lifetime relationships, then Through the course of our relationships, we have conflicts about those things, and it can be difficult to navigate those if you don't have the proper tools and support to do that. To be able to have conflicts in a healthy way that actually brings you closer together instead of pulling you further apart from each other, and to be able to meet your needs and feel balanced and loving and to not lose yourself in the relationship where you're always taking the backseat to your partner's needs or not feeling like you have a voice in how money is spent or feeling frustrated with your partner. Like there's so many things that we need to be able to have tools to help us navigate those situations. And I know you're already doing an amazing job just by living life and the lessons you've learned along the way, but it can be so much easier than guess and check or trial and error. I can give you solid strategies to help you create that relationship full of love and compassion and make it so you really can build that life that you want with your partner. So don't miss the Relationship Revival Info Party if that sounds like, yes, that's what I want and you want to know how to get started. Come join us today. But you do have to register, okay? So go to www, make sure you type those W's. I know I say it every time, but I want to remind you, you've got to type the W's into the URL. So go to www.thrivingnurse.com forward slash revival interest. Okay, so that's how you're going to grab your spot for the Relationship Revival Info Party. Once you do that, I'll send you the invitation, and then you'll also get other perks and benefits from being a Relationship Revival VIP. Okay, so go to www.thrivingnurse.com forward slash revival interest. And I should say, even if you can't make it to the live call today that we're going to be doing for the info party, that's okay. I know nurses are on different schedules all the time, and so I always make sure to send the video replay of any of these kinds of things I do whenever I host a webinar or whenever I do an info party like this as long as you're registered, I will send you the video replay. So go grab your spot. It'll change your life. It'll change your relationship. You don't want to miss it. Okay. So let's talk today about lessons you should unlearn from school. Now, this is not to rag on school or on teachers. I love teachers. I am amazed by teachers. I think nursing can be a challenging job. And I think Being a teacher, I'm like, you got to be able to manage your mind. You've got to be able to be very patient. And there's a lot that I really respect from teachers. So this is not to say that teachers are doing it wrong or to rail on the public school system or anything like that. But I want to help you today to see some of the lessons you may have picked up along the way during your education that might not be serving you that you might want to let go of, okay? And I know a lot of teachers, too, are trying to not reinforce these types of lessons that we're going to talk about today, and they're trying to give more useful ways to think about things and look at things. So I love seeing those changes happen, but I know for me, as I went through my education, even with the amazing teachers I had, I did kind of pick up some of these lessons. So maybe these things that we're going to talk about today are things that you've picked up and aren't really serving you. And today I want to give you permission to just decide like, oh, even though I've thought about it this way for so long, I don't have to do that anymore. It's not really helping me out. Okay. So I've got three lessons for you. If you'd like, you can unlearn. You can just decide I'm not thinking about it that way or doing it that way anymore. So the first one is in school, we're often taught to work by ourselves, right? Like I know we do group projects and you might have mixed feelings about group projects, but when it comes to taking tests and really demonstrating what you have learned and what you can do, it's kind of in isolation. You need to study for the test. You need to cram all this information into your brain and then go and sit with a piece of paper in front of you and To check off the different circles, right? Bubble in all those circles to show that you know what you're supposed to know. And we do this without other people. Like we don't have our peers, our friends to talk to. We often do this with a closed book. Right, like Some people do open book tests, but most of the tests that I took throughout school, you didn't have your textbook. You couldn't go back or look things up on the internet. It was just you and the paper. And I think so many of us as nurses carry that mentality with us. We're like, I have to do this by myself. We hear nurses say this when they get off orientation. It's like, I'm on my own. This is my first shift on my own. When they're not working with their preceptor anymore. And I think that's an interesting phrase because yes, you're taking a group of patients and you're responsible for their care and, and focused on that group of patients. But when we think I'm doing it on my own, it sounds kind of scary and it's really discounting the team that we have, that we're working with because you're never really on your own as a nurse. But that's what we tell ourselves, right? We say, I'm on my own with these patients, or this is my group of patients. And I think we kind of perpetuate this idea that because these are our patients, we have to do it by ourselves, and we shouldn't ask for help. And sometimes we get in this mindset that asking for help is a sign of weakness, that not being able to do everything for our patients is a sign of weakness. or not having all the answers. We think that that's showing a lack on our side. Right? But I want to call BS on that. I don't think that's true at all. I think it takes so much strength to ask for help. It takes vulnerability. It takes honesty. It takes humility to be able to acknowledge your weaknesses and what you're struggling with or your limitations. And I think that is all really beautiful to have those skills to be able to recognize I'm struggling. I'm not perfect. I can't do everything on my own. And to recognize that without shame, because when we think that in a shameful way, then we hide and we don't ask for help. We just try to make it seem like we're doing okay. But if we love ourselves enough to be able to acknowledge our limitations without it meaning something terrible about ourselves. I think that is a huge strength. And by asking for help, we create opportunities for our team. When we're all doing things independently, we don't get to build those connections. Like think about your friends. I bet the friends or family members you are closest to, the reason you're so close with them is because you've made sacrifices for them or they've made sacrifices for you. Probably both ways, right? It's when we serve each other and help each other and are vulnerable with each other that we build more connection and it deepens our relationship. So let's give our coworkers opportunities to help us and let's find those opportunities to serve them. It's not an independent thing. We're a team. And so let's let our team grow and strengthen by helping each other. Okay, so you can feel free to let that go. You don't have to do this by yourself. It's actually kind of dangerous and scary and lonely to do it by yourself. So let's embrace our team. Let's ask them for help. Okay, another lesson you can unlearn from school is that failing is a bad thing. We never want to fail in school, right? Have you ever gotten a bad grade on a paper or on a test? I remember in college, it must have been, I think it was my freshman year, maybe my sophomore year, I took a biology class and it was so hard. The tests were so confusing to me. I don't know, but I remember going out to our testing center and I did the test and then how it worked is you would go and stand in front of this TV monitor And they would run the Scantrons through, and then it would pop up with your student ID number and your grade you got on your test you just took. And I remember going and standing out there, and it came up with a failing grade. I don't remember what the grade was exactly, but I remember my heart just sinking and being like, oh my gosh, I failed my biology test. I had never legitimately failed a test before we are taught that that's a bad thing, right? We shouldn't fail tests. We shouldn't get bad grades on papers. And for some of us, not just failing, but getting feedback about something we didn't do correctly kind of cuts deep, right? Like we don't like that. And I want you to know it doesn't have to be such a bad thing to fail. When our goal is to not fail, when we're like, I just don't want to fail, then we hold ourselves back. All right. So like, think about applying for jobs. If your goal is not to fail, to not get denied the job, it really limits what jobs you're willing to apply to. Cause you want to make sure you're the best candidate. You're super qualified. And so we hold ourselves back. Cause we're like, I don't want to fail. That's the goal to not fail. So, we really limit what we're willing to pursue, right? We hold ourselves back from applying to jobs, maybe to programs. If you want to go back and become a nurse practitioner, you're like, oh, I might fail in school. I might not get good grades on every paper. So, maybe I shouldn't do it. We hold ourselves back. When the goal is not to fail, then maybe we don't want to become a charge nurse because we're not sure we're going to be able to do it perfectly. You might fail as a charge nurse sometimes. You might make an assignment that was kind of a failure that a lot of people were unhappy about. And you even agree, like, oh, I did not balance the patient loads when I made that assignment. I didn't think through these things. It, like, you might even agree, like, that was kind of a failure of an assignment. So if our goal is not to fail, then we don't. Let ourselves be in those situations. We don't take those opportunities that are going to help us grow and help us develop and learn new skills because anytime we're stretching ourselves and challenging ourselves, there is an opportunity for failure. So, what if we were willing to fail more? What if you were willing to not get the job, to not get a ton of jobs? What if you were willing to apply to so many jobs? And be rejected from all of them. What benefits would that bring you? How would you grow as a person? And maybe you would even end up landing a job that you didn't think you'd get. But it was because you were willing to fail. What if you were willing to miss the IVs? How many of us don't like to miss IVs? Maybe when you're first starting out as a nurse, you're like, I'm terrible at IVs. And so you go and get someone else to help you with your IVs every time. Because you don't want to fail. You don't want to miss. But you're not going to get any better if you're not willing to fail. Right? So what if we were willing to miss a whole bunch of IVs? When we're willing to fail, we take steps. We move forward. We learn so much by our failures. And a lot of times we succeed even when we weren't expecting to. Now, I'm not saying do anything that you think is unsafe. I'm not saying, like, put your patients at risk. But there are so many ways we can safely fail in our lives and in our careers. So let's stop trying to avoid failure. It's okay to fail. Let's fail more. All right? Okay. Our third lesson to unlearn from school is that there's only one right answer. Two plus two is four. You spelled the word right or you didn't. You knew the capital of that state or you got it wrong, right? There's one right answer. That's what we tend to think in school so often, right? That's the case. Like you got the answer right or you didn't. Or in nursing school, it was choose the most correct answer. But we still think there's a most correct, a most correct answer or a most correct way to do things. We're taught to write five paragraph essays and it's very structured, right? You do this first and then here's the next step and here's the next step and here's the next step. And then you write your conclusion. Like we're told that there's a certain way that you should do things or there's a right answer. And we carry that into our lives, this belief that we need to do things the right way. But it's actually much less common that there's really just one right answer. In most situations in our lives, there is no right or wrong way. There's no right or wrong answer. Did you know that? So when you're asking yourself, what's the right job to take? I want you to know there is no right job There's no right school. There's no right amount of kids. There's no right person to marry. There's no right way to say it. Maybe you want to have a conversation with someone that's kind of challenging. We're always like, what should I say? We think there's a right way to say it. Maybe there's no right or wrong way to say it. There's no right way to feel. During your shifts, when you come across challenges... Sometimes we think, oh, I shouldn't feel that way. I should be grateful I at least have a job. I should feel compassion for this patient because they're really struggling. You can feel those things, but you're not wrong to feel stressed out or overwhelmed or irritated. None of your emotions are wrong. There isn't a right way to feel. There's no right way for your body to look. We think there is a lot of times, right? We see on social media that some bodies are right and some are wrong. What if that's not true? What if your body is totally right the way that it is? So when we think there's a right way and a wrong way, then we end up living with a lot of fear or making decisions from a lot of fear, Because if there's a right way, then there's a wrong way. And we don't want to choose the wrong way. We don't want to choose the wrong job or the wrong path to go down. And it becomes really scary because we can't see the future. So we can't really know what's quote unquote right or wrong, but we're scared. We're going to make the wrong choice. But if you let go of this idea that there's a right way and a wrong way, there's just different experiences and you get to create the experience you want Then we open ourselves up. Then we don't have to limit ourselves. When we don't think there's a right or wrong way, we can live our lives with so much more creativity. Right? Like just how I was talking about a five-paragraph essay. That's helpful when you're first starting out writing to organize your thoughts and to have some structure and to have that guidance. But as you learn to write, you can be more creative. You can decide... I want to break away from that structure. That doesn't work for me. I have some different ideas. And we can do that in our lives too. It can be helpful to have some structure in our lives and to get some ideas about how we might want to live and what we might want to do next in our lives. But when we hold to that, like that's the rule, like a five paragraph essay when we're like, I have to do this, then we limit ourselves. And we might end up, creating a life that isn't what we actually want. We might end up creating what we think everyone else wants us to have, but it's not what we truly desire. So if we have that creativity to say, there is no right or wrong way. It's just, what do I want to create? Then you can break away from that five paragraph essay life and decide what you truly want. Okay. So those are three lessons that if they're not serving you from school that you could just let go of. If it's not helping you to think you have to do everything by yourself, whether it's as a nurse or as a parent or just as a human in the world, if you're trying to do everything alone, you can stop doing that. (laughs) It might really serve you to stop doing that, to ask for help when you need it, to let people know when you're struggling. It doesn't have to be a test that you're taking by yourself. Life is not a test that you have to get through on your own. It's a group project, and you have a community of people who want to be in on that with you, who you can trust to help you. You can let go of the lesson that not failing is the goal. You can fail more. It's safe. It's safe to fail in so many ways, and it creates so many opportunities for you to learn and grow. And by being willing to fail, you open yourself up to so many more successes. And then you can also let go of the idea that there's only one right answer. There isn't a right way or a wrong way to do things in your life. There's what you desire, what you want. And then you get to create the life experience that you truly want to live. Instead of keeping yourself in a box. All right, my friends. Now, don't forget, we've got the Relationship Revival Interest Party happening Thursday. So you're probably going to be listening to this podcast episode, hopefully on Thursday, right when it comes out. It'll be coming out Wednesday night. So hopefully you'll catch this episode in time. So if you haven't gotten your invitation to the Relationship Revival Info Party yet, you can go and grab your free spot for it and get your invitation in time to come. Okay. So go to www.thrivingnurse.com forward slash revival interest. Make sure you type the W's www.thrivingnurse.com forward slash revival interest. And you can grab your spot for the relationship revival info party. We're going to have an awesome time. I'm going to help you build on the love that you have for your partner and support that love with so many tools to strengthen your relationship. So go grab your spot. Even if you can't make it today, I will send you the video replay as long as you grab your spot before it actually happens. Grab your spot and I'll make sure you get the replay for that. Or you can join us live. It's always fun to have you there on the live calls. So head to www.thrivingnurse.com forward slash revival interest. And I will see you there, my friend. Have a beautiful week. I'll talk to you later. Take care.